0: welcome to the corporate detox podcast i'm your host amanda mccorder i'm a corporate dropout recovering people pleaser and perfectionist turned burnout recovery coach if you are sick of the corporate roller coaster ride and ready to step into a life you love this is the podcast for you Welcome back to the Corporate Detox Podcast. Oh, in today's episode today, I am joined by my friend, Heather Doran. Heather is a CEO, mentor, and coach who leads her clients to the exact steps to get them into alignment with their dreams of ditching the corporate space for good. By encouraging women to access their high-her selves, Her clients begin to design a life they love and learn how to build their dream business that supports their purpose. Heather knows from experience. After years in corporate, Heather realized she was miserable and started her own company. Now she supports business owners with their holistic success journey, offering everything from Reiki and NLP to the nuts and bolts of business and things like taxes, scaling, and profitability. Heather is also the podcast host of Unblock Your Money Shit, which is lighting up the podcast airwaves and making people rethink their relationship with money. So Heather, I am so happy to have you here today. Let's jump in. Hey, Heather. Thanks for joining us. I am so, so, so excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, Let's go ahead and get started. And why don't you tell us about your corporate detox story?
1: Yes. Well, thank you for having me on. This is really exciting. I'm so excited for your new podcast. Um, so I do actually say, um, a little bit, but that's okay. I just let it flow. I actually started the like idea of corporate back when I was beginning college. And I remember going through the job board. So my degree was in accounting and, or is in accounting, whatever. Um, and I was like looking through all the job boards and seeing like, oh, I'd love to do that job. Oh, I'd love to do that job. I'd love to do that job. And uh, about fifteen-ish years later, I found myself working that job that I had the dream of. You know, that corporate accountant. I was working for uh, a CFO and a controller, and I was kind of their, you know, right hand assistant. To a lot of what was happening in the business and the finance, I got to really stand out and shine and take on these extra projects, these things where I saw there were gaps or holes in different processes um, where people were spending days on projects that should have taken like a couple hours, like reconciling the credit card, for example, paying the credit card. I mean, going through all of these receipts and just days, not even kidding you days to like check off receipts and I'm like, God, there's gotta be technology. Like we we're in like 2010 or whatever it was like, there's gotta be technology for this. So I started hunting and I was able to get permission to take on these projects. It was like, people are spending a ton of time doing stuff that we have technology for. And A couple of years go by and that really leaves me very drained. I was working a lot of hours. Um, My son at the time was a teenager uh, and my husband was in the military. So he was either gone, deployed, uh, not available, whatever. So my son spent those kind of later teen years free because I just wasn't there. And what is the most pivotal moment had that happened for me is one year I got a 10% raise and everybody thinks like, wow, 10%, you know, that's better than inflation and whatnot. Um, and it was basically the equivalent of $5,000. And when I did the math on it, I was like, wow, that's not a lot of money. And I really cried. It. It threw me back. It was almost that, it was that moment of, wow, uh, what are we doing here? And I had realized that I had arrived. I'd arrived to this place of, you know, that corporate job, um, having the position where people come to me and they ask me things and they like look up to me. Um, I like approve things. Like I help people walk through problems. You know, I have this like job that I thought was my dream. And at the end of the day, I was not happy. I still wasn't happy. And that really made me assess this whole idea that we were raised with was, you know, go to college, get a job, get a good job, make good money, and then you'll be happy. (laughs) And I wasn't. And so that's what led me down the path of like, what's what's more, there's gotta be more to this. And interestingly enough, I started helping people with their bookkeeping. So small businesses, like direct sales businesses, for example, where they would sell these products and they'd have all this inventory and they didn't know what the hell to do at the end of the year. And there was so many confusing things out there. So I started helping them. And even back then, I was helping them with what we think of as money mindset, of helping them understand, well, what makes you feel anxious about opening your bank account? Like what makes you want to vomit when you think about these things? Like what's actually going on, you know, which just led me down a whole rabbit hole of uh, just mindset work and and now we have like neuroscience and all of that stuff. But it's really been a journey to unlock what lights me up, what excites me, what I love to do in the world, which is not spend all the time in a office in a building
0: <laughs> for someone else.
1: <laughs> yeah. And really and truly helping them make millions of dollars. I mean, the owners that I worked for, I love them and I, I'm very grateful to them, but they ended up selling their company for millions of dollars. I, I don't know, some hundred, two hundred, I don't know, millions, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, well, what, what am I doing? Like, I'm doing all this for clearly not myself because I'm not happy,
0: Your son's basically on his own as a teenager, right? A lot of time by himself. Yeah, exactly. Your spouse is gone, deployed.
1: Yeah. And that, you know, that brought in a whole nother layer of depression. You know, here I am just feeling like not good enough and not worthy, which, you know, it's so interesting that we think we do all these things. And at the end of the day, it's really just, our own self-worth that is coming through, but we don't really know how to identify that that's that's what it is.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Now I go back to what you said a little bit ago about you did what we were taught to do, right? Like you went to college, you got this degree, you got a good corporate job, you were making good money. Like we were never taught like how to really, truly value ourselves (laughs) in that process.
1: Yeah. And really to understand that, you know, a $55,000 salary, which, you know, is appreciated. It's like, there's more money out there that we, like, we, our values are more than that money. And I think I was also raised in that scarcity environment of, you know, there's just only so much money that we're uh, quote unquote allowed to make. And it wasn't even a thing that was said. It was very unspoken, right? It was like, well, unless you owned a company or you were some like huge like Ford CEO or some like crazy, you know, making, you know, a bunch of stock options and everything, you were never going to make that kind of money. Like you were making more money than, you know, like the factory worker and that was great. But even that- I've worked, I since I've worked in a fa- in a factory doing accounting and seeing the things that they go through and just, you know, the 10, $11 an hour. And I'm like, and I know that's going to piss some people off that I say that,
0: but it's true, right? Like,
1: and absolutely. I ended up quitting, um, quitting. I was just like, this is not, they wanted me to stay. They were like offering me. Um, quite a bit of money. I think she wanted to pay me like eighty or ninety thousand dollars to to like stay in her department. I was like, there is no amount of money that I'm gonna like this is too much of a shit show for one. And for two, I just wasn't behind their values exactly. And people, I hear these stories with, instance, for instance, Amazon. People get, you know, something will come out in the media and different people will, it was a couple of years ago, actually, maybe it was a year ago around Christmas time. One of the Amazon workers came out or this story came out where, you know, Amazon was doing different things to make sure they didn't get hired for full time, or they didn't get this, or they were working a certain amount of hours. And a lot of people were like, no, Amazon would never do that. And I'm like, dude, I worked like behind the scenes in a warehouse. Yes, they do that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we're in a place in society and where we've evolved to a certain place, you know, as a community and our collective consciousness to where we have to start asking these questions. We have to start asking the questions. What what are we doing? What are we doing this for? Are we just doing this to survive? And is this, you know, what, what's, what's the options here? What are the other alternatives and how do we start to do more than just survive? Because I believe that life was meant to do more than survive. And I follow human design and in human design, they, the idea is that we are and and in astrology as well there's going to be a transformation there's going to be a shift in how the planets are aligned and all of that i don't know all the details but basically in 2027 according to human design we are going to shift into more of an inward approach so instead of how our community our life is really set up in how everybody's in a community and how Um, we're very dependent on everybody showing up and doing their job. And as you can see what happened in 2020, um, what happens when people don't show up and do their job? Mm -hmm. What happens when people say, I don't feel like doing this anymore. This is, you know, people around me are dying and do that whole reevaluation reassessment. And then we have distribution problems. We have we see it in the grocery store we see it at the gas pump this is where i believe we're heading as a collective consciousness to ask more questions what are we doing here
0: oh yeah it's it, to me that it's already in motion right like it is already in motion with people questioning um trading time for money right like is it worth not being with my family, not being with my loved ones, being miserable just to get this paycheck or this salary. Um, But really just the reflection on like who you're working for, who you're working for, the values alignment. You can start, I mean, you and I see that, right? Like we're in the circle of folks. Like you can start seeing that fall into place. Um, It's interesting to see that happen on a bigger scale
1: yeah and it's so interesting how 2020 has started to create that shift and you know again according to astrology and human design and whatnot you know that's the planets are literally about to shift to where we become more inward focused and i'm like oh well isn't that interesting right (laughs) you believe what you want but you know like it's
0: all playing out a certain way Yeah. Yeah. Like I even think about like the hype. I say hype. A lot of people will say, um, I never heard of quiet quitting, (laughs) but like, there's all this talk about quiet quitting. That is part of the shift.
1: Yeah. So I didn't know what that was either. Right. So I went on YouTube. I literally like did the whole like Google YouTube search and um, there's a very respected um, CPA that I follow that I mean, he, he like dumb shit down, like just, just down to like, yep. he just dumbs it down. All the stuff about taxes, all the shit that's happening on Capitol Hill, all this stuff, he dumbs it down. So he made this video on quiet quitting. And so what he said is back in the day, it was called slacking off. It was, it's basically the same thing as, is slacking off you, Um, You don't really go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. You don't really do all these extra things. And then when it comes time for, you know, a raise or even when it comes time to we're going to be cutting out workers, you might be on the chopping block. And the whole reality of that to me is just fucking idiocy.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep.
1: Like I'm paid to do a fucking job. I don't go above and beyond that job. But then yet I am then looked at a certain way because I am doing my job, but not going above and beyond. But you don't pay me to go above and beyond (laughs) on my job.
0: (laughs) Listen, Noelle Morgan, and I just talked about this on a recent episode we got into like our you know our hr ramblings and we were talking about performance ratings and this aligns perfectly with that like just how there are companies out there there are a whole lot of them right that expect you to give 200 percent all the time and when you give 150 like you're just average at that point if god forbid you give just what meets expectations <laughs> like Meets expectations is what you're supposed to be doing. And that and, that looks like quiet quitting in some cases. I hate to say it because people have been giving you so much. So much. And yet we
1: are all asking the question collectively, why are all these people so burnt out? Oh my God. Why is everybody so stressed? Why does everybody have anxiety? I don't understand what's going on. Well, no shit. <laughs> yeah. We have all these medical problems. You know, women have, you know, the highest rate for heart disease and obesity and all this other stuff that we're dealing with. Really, well, when I don't have time to go and exercise and to get away from my desk and do these things that I'm supposed to be doing for my health and Yet, then I'm called just average, right? And it's so interesting when these corporate companies, they come out, I don't know, it's maybe, I don't maybe 10 years ago, and you've seen this, I'm sure, because you're in HR with the benefits of like, oh, well, you know, if you get so many steps on your your little wristwatch thing, then we're going to give you a prize. Really, because that's actually what's helping us become healthier, No, actually like going home when you're supposed to every day is actually what we should be promoting our people to do. Instead, we're like, oh, if you can show the UA so many fruits and vegetables every single week, then we're going to go ahead
0: and give you a prize. Well, and for me, I worked in retail, right? So getting more steps in typically meant working longer hours so you could walk around the store and get stuff done. Like that's what it meant for a lot of folks. And maybe that wasn't the intention right out of the gate. But that's the reality in like with frontline workers, right? Because we
1: weren't asking the question, why, like what's going
0: on? Yeah. Like what's the actual underlying cause of this? Yeah. Like, is it because we, you know, call meetings at, you know, a drop of a hat and you've had to cancel your last five times that you've scheduled an annual exam? Like truthfully, that happens so much. God forbid you don't show up to that meeting. Because you have to go to the doctor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then there's, and then at the end of the year, there's the whole like insurance thing. Well, our insurance rates are kind of high, everybody. We need to do stuff to become healthier. Yep. Really? You don't say. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: I love these emails that we get from corporate. We, I, we get them every Monday and it's it's these like they they're now called like sunshine some sunshine message or some crap and I'm like delete who cares (laughs) like that's not what's helping your people is by some fancy and to truth be told the people in the warehouse aren't even seeing it
0: yeah oh yeah yeah and I I think back to like all the committees that we would have right to try to um change the culture in the company and do this. And like, essentially those people became glorified party throwers. Like here, let's have a pizza party. Cause that's going to make everyone, that's going to make everyone happy. Right? Like, here you go. Here's some little Caesars for you. Yeah.
1: And yeah, I remember when I was growing up, my dad used to say the phrase to me, a fish starts stinking at the head. And I never really understood that until I got older. He used to tell me, and when I got a little bit older, he would tell me like, when you have a problem, you go to like a restaurant or you go to wherever you go to some type of retail place and you have a problem with the person that whoever you're dealing with, like your checkout person or your whoever it is, like when you have a problem with them and they're not listening to you or they're not giving a shit or they're whatever, He said nine times out of 10, it is useless for you to try to get any help from any higher person, because the reason why they're treating you that way is because they're treated that way by their supervisors and their managers, and it's all streams on up. So most of the time, and he's, you know, as I've like learned this as an adult, most of the time, you're right. You don't really get like anybody who gives a shit because when you have management who doesn't really care then neither does their frontline people.
0: Yep.
1: And yeah. the reverse is true when you have passionate managers and supervisors who love their people, who show love to their people,
0: then that shows out too. Yeah. Yeah. So like in the retail setting, you know, we would always, I, I, they're what I would call dog and pony show, right? But when the executives would come around they want to see your store and I, you know, every retail you know, organization is like this, Um, but it's usually just this big show, right? And your your management team, your hourly folks, like they're working their butt off to get that store to look good for the visit. And there are so many times where those visits, you might get a thank you, (laughs) but with that one thank you, there's 20 things that you're either doing wrong or you need to fix, right? So like people, they get deflated. And especially like for me, the holiday times would really get under my skin. When you've got people that are away from their families, not spending the holidays with their families and someone comes in and, and struggles to even say happy holidays or thank you, but they're just pointing out what needs to get done. Like, no, no crap. Like we know that. We know that needs done, but there's no like actual appreciation. And yeah. I can't say it was always like that, but more recently, oh man, it was. Oh, bad. definitely. Oh, well, was- and now you have even
1: less and less workers that yeah. are doing, that are doing a lot of these jobs. And, you know, it's so interesting that Congress uh is like, well, let's just raise the minimum wage. Well, did everybody fucking skip econ 101 (laughs) like i i i I was talking to a cpa the other day and i was like do these people like not ever take econ 101 because that's great raise the minimum wage because then what's going to happen is the price of everything else is going to raise because the price of minimum wage isn't the problem Mm
0: -hmm. oh yeah
1: that's not the problem
0: yeah you see, right now on social media, everyone talking about the price of eggs. <laughs> right, I don't know if your feed's full of that, but like, I swear I saw four posts just last night from people complaining about the price one. of eggs. Like, I did see one. It is. It it is. This is the reason, right? And and so much of the work that I want to be focusing on this year is getting into organizations and help them change the culture. Because just throwing money at people is not solving the problem. No. It's not it's solving not. the problem. And it's not gonna help your retention if your people are miserable and they don't trust you enough to tell you why. Yeah.
1: And chances are you as a manager are then being treated like shit by your superiors. Absolutely. And you feel deflated and all the things, right? And this is where I'm like, because it starts at the head. And this is where, when I reflect on this as an entrepreneur, we are CEO of our company. And this is where we have to step into this role as CEO in our own company. And we have to start doing this inner work of having self worth for ourselves, because if we don't have enough self-worth, then we're not going to know enough to then support people as they start. We start hiring them Um, as we start bringing them on how to give feedback to them, how to walk alongside them as you're teaching them, as you're training them and having this love because you were treated so shitty. You want it better for them. But what I find is that, you know, we've been living in this corporate culture of being treated everybody's just treated like shit and we have low self-worth and then we're like oh i want to start my own business great which means you have to then step into the ceo role and it's very hard because we don't know how to do it
0: yeah and for me we don't even have the inner tools to even know Pricing was one of my biggest issues and still is like, it is, it it can become like a mindset (laughs) battle sometimes because I was so used to, people were paid by the hour, right? Like, this is what you get paid by the hour. But like, you're in, in this space where we are, like, we're all like, yeah, we're, we're, Working with people, we're exchanging time, but there's a transformation, right? We're saving people time. There are things that are happening that's not like just go get the loaf of bread off the shelf. And this, yeah, is and box. I
1: think that's the part of the detox that we go through, oh, as yes. entrepreneurs, is understanding in our soul, in our being, that. Like to stop ticking those hours and to stop being like, Oh, I spent this much time on the phone. And like, did I just waste my time and then I didn't get the contract and all of that stuff and really like stop the, the tracking of the hours and really start focusing in on like, you know, what am I doing? Am I loving what I'm doing? Am I flowing through my day? Am I feeling good in my body? Am I getting off of my desk? Like all the things, right? That's the part of the detox that I think we go through as
0: entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember the first couple coaches that I worked for, worked for, worked with outside of the corporate space would say to me, How does that feel? And like the first couple of times, I'm like, Well, what do you mean? How does that feel? Yeah. What, what does I, that no mean? No one had ever said, you know, no one ever said that to me. Oh, it the was best like, one. Go do that.
1: How does that feel in your body? Oh yeah, I was like, "What the fuck does that mean?"
0: Yes, yes, like no one's ever said that to me, and I've never put two and two together that that is what caused a lot of my pain, and I want to say pain and suffering. It really was in the corporate space, right? The head, yeah, because we Potential. shut off that
1: from the neck up. Yep. One lady in our program, she calls it neck uppers. And she's like, we're just neck uppers. And it's God. so true because we stop, we we literally stop breathing. Uh I've been, I've been working on writing a book, and one of the things that I wrote in it was something about um, you probably haven't breathed a full breath since your kindergarten years in the playground. <laughs>
0: Absolute truth absolute truth. Like we're like, just so
1: shallow and until yeah. you start doing those where you breathe in and you hold it. I felt I remember when I started doing that, I thought I was going to die. I was like, oh, I
0: can't hold it that long. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like what is this feeling? Is this like is this normal? Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's you know, I I think some people that have never been outside that corporate space. I know. If they've never been out of that corporate space, like Some people listen to this and it's like a total foreign to them because it's so unfathomable. Like, and you don't even know that some of this stuff is happening in your body at that time. Yeah.
1: Well, and so one client I worked with, I gave her the activity to start doing this breathing and we were working on like feeling your body. Right. And so she got on the phone with me one, one day and she's like, Oh my God. Like, I just feel different. I think there's something wrong. And I'm like, okay, well tell me. And she's like, well, I can like, you know, tell when my body gets tense or like, I'm starting to like, just feel these things or like, maybe I'm feeling excited. And I'm like, this is good. You're feeling your body. (laughs) And she was like, legit, like what? I think there's something wrong. And I'm like, no, this is the normalness. That we've gotten away from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time I did a meditation and it talked about like unclenching your jaw, (laughs) relaxing (laughs) your cheeks. Right. And I'm like sitting there like, oh my goodness. Like, what is the, what is this feeling? Like it felt amazing, but it had been so long. (laughs) since that had happened because you just walk around with all of this stress and tension all the time. That's just how society has us programmed at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's what I believe is, is part of the programming. And so when I've, you know, I've been doing this journey of, you know, rediscovering my truth and all of that stuff. And I look into like the whole, like, you know, peasant work and, um, all this stuff, and then really starting to uncover this reality of, you know, this $10 an hour and like, you know, the corporate CEO is making fucking millions and all of that. Um, it just occurred to me that when, oh, and what, what got me started down this track was the whole work, uh work week, right? So, you know, back in the day, Henry Ford uh, created this five-day work week. I think it back then it was like six days. So they would get one day off and then they eventually ended up doing this eight hour work day, this whole thing. Well, that whole thing was Henry Ford's. uh, He was actually selfish in doing it because he wanted people to be able to spend their money, If they didn't have any time to go out and do these leisurely events. They weren't spending money. And so in his selfishness, he actually was like, well, I need to give them more time off so that they'll spend more money. And so then that got me to like think about this whole thing of like how we've been working these like just insane hours, you know, back in like the industrial revolution and stuff. And so what occurred to me is when we keep people working, we keep them tired. And when we keep people tired, we keep them from fighting. We keep them from having, you know, a brain and like thinking for themselves and all of that. And I was like, oh my God. And so when I say like this whole slave labor, like we're literally, most of us are living in basically like slave labor because we are so tired. We're just trying to get by every day. We just, we want more for our kids. Like who doesn't want more for their kids? We want more for our kids. We're working so hard to just try to have a nicer house than what we grew up in and a nicer car than what we had. And a little bit, you know, maybe once a year, of vacation, And just a little bit more than what we had when we were growing up for our kids to then go on and have a little bit more. And so we're so focused and we're so tired that we don't even fight because we're just tired. We don't have room. We don't have energy. We don't even think about it. We just do it every day. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is
1: where I think people like we're not like that thought pattern is not happening enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think about like the people that work, you know, 70 plus hours a week. Like truly, they don't even have time to think about how to take care of themselves. But really, like, what what do I want? What do I want? Like, what do I want? And then they don't have the time to go out there and get it. Yeah, it's, it's not like possible. Work sleep, work sleep,
1: work sleep. That's it. Yeah. It's not possible in their brain because their brain is so reprogrammed and so reprogrammed to this is what I have. Like this is, and because again, corporate, like you've attained a certain salary, you've attained a certain status, you've attained a certain, um, you know, career progression. And because you've already done that, you're like, Oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to leave. And I'm going to be the low man on the totem pole over here. And I'm going to lose my salary and I'm going to lose this and I'm going to lose my house and like all of these things are going to like be turned around and turned upside down and oh my gosh I can't do that. Yeah. And actually those are actual the thoughts that we need to start having because if I really want this then that means that what do I need to do to make that happen? One of the first things that I do with clients who want to leave the corporate space is to start going like okay, let's move your job like of all things like let's look at even moving your job is your job stressing you out and it's not in alignment okay great let's go out and get a job that's going to put you in alignment maybe has some flexibility here whatever it is like that's the very first thing not necessarily losing salary or whatever but you know then really starting to ask the question of okay so what do i need to maybe downsize my house because i can tell you right now you're going to be a hell of a lot happier in a downsized house and less working hours than you are right now. Yeah. And so starting to ask those questions, I mean, between my husband and I, we actually, we sold all of our stuff. We sold our house. We sold a car. Like we sold, he had a motorcycle and we sold a lot of things. And we started traveling with the idea that we were going to continue to travel. And then the economy took a shit and we ended up in the country so we live in the country now in this small town like when I say small town Mississippi like we're 15 minutes from town, and the things that you take for granted of having in the city is whoa (laughs) (laughs) like there's a Walmart (laughs) yeah my mother-in-law came here and she was like yeah so this like macchiato blah 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 whatever creamer she's like yeah Walmart has it and I'm like no, Walmart does not have that. Walmart has vanilla, French vanilla. She's like, "Oh, yeah, all the Walmarts have it. And I'm like, no, we live <laughs> anywhere off tangent, point being is that to start to ask these questions of what do what do I want? And like, what can that look like? Like, what are the things that I need to rearrange to Get on the other side of that would be really fucking
0: awesome. Yeah. Like, I would love to wake up every day and have that. Yeah. I think one of my biggest things, well, first of all, I wish that I had somebody like you and I when I was in that space in corporate, because what happened to me is I didn't realize I was burnout, I was miserable, knee jerk reaction, quit my job with no plan. <laughs> Oh shit. Only me, right? Single mom, just my salary, like like single like whatever I had saved is what I had. and that that was my journey. And that's what I think about this work that we do is so important because that doesn't have to be you. It doesn't mean you stay there forever. But maybe you have a plan that's like, in four months, here's my exit strategy, and I'm gonna go work here, right? Um, or you just find that job. Like you start looking, you give yourself the space to look. I wasn't even giving myself space to look at that point.
1: And yeah. And I think that that work is so important that as high achieving corporate people, men and women, the way that you look for work now is so fucking different. Yeah. And so, because it's so different, it's almost like we got to like, it's like, oh, we have to go out and then relearn something else to just go get the other, like figure out even how to even apply for the other jobs. Like where are they at? Right. We're, we don't even know. I mean, of, you know, like if you've been in your same corporate job for 10 plus years, you don't really realize that there's like all these remote type things, or there's these different websites or like, everybody's like, oh, LinkedIn. Well, it's just, there's more resources than just LinkedIn. And if you don't even know where to start looking, then that's that freeze response. And it's like, well, I guess I'll just do another day of this and maybe someday I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow and tomorrow turns into never. And that's where, you know, then we find ourselves in locked in our houses with people around us, literally dying and we're asking the question this is not it <laughs> like yeah. what is it but it's definitely not this
0: yeah yeah absolutely can you tell us more about how you help your clients so like you, you know you talk about like being able to help give them the clarity of you don't have to stay here talk because i know you do a, like you have an accounting degree like you have all this amazingness so t- like just walk us through what you do. So truth be told,
1: I do a lot of things. Um, Right now, what I'm doing is more of the like corporate CEO, uh, like kind of like helper, like I kind of walk alongside you. So as you are starting your business, as you're growing your business, so let's say you've got like, holy shit, I just made a hundred thousand dollars last year. Uh, And I have no processes. Uh, I don't even have a bookkeeping system. And I hired a couple people, but now what? So I really walk alongside you to help you develop the systems and the processes that are going to work best for you and your company as you continue to grow. So a lot of this, like I use a three-tiered system, which is systems, strategy, and spirituality. And so it's really spirituality to me is really that inner work of, you know, learning how to re-regulate your nervous system, um, how to stop all the mind chatter or how to handle the mind chatter, that type of thing as you're growing. Um, And then really set up processes and then look at strategy that's gonna work for your business. So um, that's mostly what I've been doing this last year. And then I wanna do even more of it this year. Awesome. And what I really am passionate about, and it's coming back up because I had the idea a couple of years ago and it's coming back up, especially with this conversation, is someone who is like us, we're in the corporate space. And, or like we were, we're in the corporate space and we're like, not happy. I don't know what's next, but I know I certainly don't want to do this is really to walk alongside them to help them take these really small steps of, okay, great. Like, what do you want? What does that look like? For me, what I started with is what do I want my morning to look like? So it certainly wasn't answering emails at five o'clock in the morning (laughs) and checking emails so early. So it's helping them develop these really small steps. And then for me, it was really, okay. So getting different work and stepping into different work that was going to free me up to feel better, to be less stressed, all the things while I helped develop this other arm of
0: my life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That like the m- mornings to me were like total chaos all the time. Right. Even yeah. like, as a mom trying to get out the door, You know, I had a son in daycare at the time um, and it was, it was just absolute chaos. And I felt bad because I felt like he was taking in that chaotic energy. Oh, for sure. How I felt in the morning. And then it was the same thing at the end of the day. I was constantly like rushing to get him at the end of the day. If meetings went long, you know, it it was, it was hard to say, I gotta go. Daycare
1: closes in 15 minutes. (laughs) and this brings up another soapbox topic of mine and yeah and then we had because I was also I also have a degree in education and I worked as a teacher as a while and then we wonder why our kids are a mess oh yeah like we wonder why our kids like they if we I mean think about the morning like I would see these kids show up to school in the morning and you know, in in school, it's, oh God, we got to do this. We got it. You know, it's just as much like these kids are in constant pressure of adults, like boo 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 boo, and like as a collective, we don't spend enough time to be like, are you okay? What's going on? And then that little child grows up to be us, and then. We then turn in and we ask ourselves, are you okay? And then we wonder why, like we have a society running around like chicken with our head cut off and asking, like, what's wrong with our education? What's wrong with our health system? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? Well,
0: hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right I saw there. someone I saw someone post in the last couple of days on Facebook. It might have been Ryan Dowdy. I I might be totally giving credit to the wrong person, but this person said that the most critical time for your kid, like time spent with your kids is right when they wake up and right before they go to bed. And then like, there was some time in between, but I thought about those two times specifically on like how many mornings I was like, okay, come on, we gotta go. You gotta get up. You gotta get ready. We gotta go. And it's the same thing at night. Sometimes I was rushing bedtime because I had work to do. (laughs) I had work that I had to get done that night.
1: Yeah, which meant like, well, there probably wasn't any like, story time oh yeah or any time spent you know being intimate with your children yeah during those you know bedtime you know those hours that they're like oh i mean i do remember doing like story time with my son i loved it like he was so excited to do it and to think that there are kids who don't get that and 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 not because of any reason really because of abuse or whatever but just because we're so fucking busy
0: we are yeah yep absolutely absolutely okay so the question that I ask almost everyone what would be your biggest piece of advice for listeners So
1: most of your listeners, I'm guessing are in this corporate space or leaving the corporate space or really wanting to like exit that stress. So the biggest piece of advice I want to give you is to start breathing and start to listen to your body. Um, And, you know, in the program, I know, cause you did mind magic with Tracy, right? Yeah. Uh, So Tracy, one of the very first of things that she has us do is to set breathing alarms. <laughs> I don't know if you do this with your clients, but I do this with my clients too. And I'm like, okay, I want you to take your phone out and I want you to set five breathing alarms. Yeah. And they're like, I don't have five times a day to breathe.
0: It's 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And the self-awareness so if- around how many times you snooze it. <laughs> Because you can't put yourself first tells you a lot.
1: Yeah. And so what I tell them is, and if you find yourself wanting to pause it or, you know, whatever it is, or you're in whatever mind situation is telling you, you can't stop and do your breath. I want you to pause and realize what the hell has just been happening for the X number of hours before this and how you were feeling and how, what you've been reacting to, because what I find is that we are just such in a place of reactivity. So somebody shoots an email, somebody calls us, like all this is happening and it's like, boom, 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 boom. And we're in this like such high state of stress. We don't even realize it. When you pop, pa- when that alarm goes off and that pause happens, you're like, whoa, like so-and-so just created, I, I, Had this whole thing where I'm like stressed and blah, 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 all this. Because we start out our day with such great intentions, like, I'm gonna be calm and I'm gonna do my meditation and all of this stuff. And then we go through our day because we're in because our body is just reacting, because our brain and our body is doing its job. It's reacting the way that we've trained it to do. So what you have to do is really to untrain that system. And the best way that I have found, one of the best ways. Is to start taking these pauses, like intentional pauses through the day. And so that when it comes to detox work in this arena of what we're, we're talking about is that right there is to take these intentional pauses and start to do this breath work, start to do this breathing work where you're assessing your body, you're assessing how you're feeling, all of this stuff. Because what happens is, is the more that you start to feel this way, the more that your body actually starts to want it. And it's like, whoa, what's going on? So then like somebody sends an email and you're like, oh, and then you pause and you're like, wait a second, what's going on? So that to me, I guess I would say, I don't know if you guys have already talked about this, but I would say that's probably the number one thing as you're trying to move into this more space of ease, of joy, of love, of creativity, of all of that this is where I would say would be one of the very first places to,
0: to tune into. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Breath work to people, you know, like you said, like they, they act like they don't have the time for it or like, really, that's what you want me to do. Like, that's going to change things. I guarantee you it will change things. You give yourself the time and the space for it and the awareness around it it absolutely will start that cycle of change for you.
1: Yeah, because then you start to ask these questions that you've been, because you've been too tired to ask. Um, and in the middle of the day, you're like, wow, I'm really tired. My body tells me I want to just take a nap. And you start to allow yourself to do that. Like, holy shit, yeah. right? Yeah. And one thing I found in through this whole process too, is how all of our bodies are so fucking different that not everybody's body is, especially as females, right? It's not set up to do a nine to five. It's actually set up to do like a 10 to six or God forbid the middle of the night they're working and then they sleep later. Like not everybody's body is, maybe that's why you're so tired because your body's actually, like it's circadian rhythm is different. Than the way that our world and our 24 hour clock has been set.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. It's definitely not a cookie cutter, right? Like we are not as humans, even though I work with a lady,
1: I work with a lady that she, she, um, works in the Philippines right now. She works in Europe, but then in the Philippines also. And so it's like 14 hours or whatever. And she is working in the middle of the night and she like, that's her body she's like, yeah, I'm just up. And it, so it's perfect that she has clients in the U S because her body is like, I'm working and then she'll sleep until, you know, hours in the morning. And she had to stay with her family for a while. Her mom and her mom, you know, was giving her a lot of grief about it. And she's like, listen, <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, it's because we're so conditioned that we have to get up at five o'clock in the morning and the whole early, you know, the whole like early 5 a.m. club. That's not for everybody. And because it's not for you, it doesn't mean that you're not successful and that you can't be successful.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I
1: could be on like a soapbox all day with you. <laughs>
0: well, listen, I think I'm I, I really, truly really taking the feeling this is not the last podcast that we will be doing together. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so tell our listeners where they can find you. And if you have anything else that you want to throw in, like other ways to work with you, if you have anything going on, um, now's your time to let them know. Yeah,
1: so I do have a tax guide that I put together for... Uh, business owners. So, you know, you get to the end of the year and you're like, holy crap, what am I supposed to do with my taxes, um, especially as entrepreneurs? So I did put that together. Um, My website is heatherdoran.biz, And so you can find out more about me and about my free tax guide from there.
0: Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Now how about is do you on social? Is there a certain platform? Yeah, so here?
1: mostly, well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram mostly. I'm trying to figure out the TikTok, but
0: no, oh, yeah. I'm I'm just I did. I you. made an
1: honest effort yesterday and my coach is like TikTok, you know, she's like big on TikTok. I made an honest effort yesterday and I started to make a video and it's just like, it's so dumb. Like, why is it so different from reels? Like, why does it have, like, we have reels. Like, okay, I've been doing reels and I figured that out. Like, how can I not figure out TikTok? But I digress.
0: <laughs> so um, make sure that you are following Heather, that if you need some tax guide advice, like take advantage of that and reach out to her if you have any questions. Um Heather, thank you so much for this. I love doing these interviews. They are honestly like the, the highlight of my week um when I get to speak to folks. So um, and we'll make sure that we get something else scheduled in the future. Yeah, definitely. This was really fun. Thank you. Thanks. So are you ready to start your own corporate detox journey? Well, if you are, make sure that you check out amandamcorder.net for different ways to work with me, as well as some freebies that could help you get started. If you're on social media, follow me at McCorder on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.